Welcome to the Price Hall Podcast. It is Thursday, October 13th, and we have the legendary Mr. Patrick Mabe of Core Nutritionals and American Labs. How are you doing, Patrick? Doing great. I am absolutely fantastic. So we were super honored to visit earlier, uh, visit you earlier this year in North Carolina. We were on episode eight of the Boss Status podcast with you, and we had a blast with you, dude. So I wanted to bring you on and talk about what you've been doing lately. Uh, we could talk about Core America, everything that you have going on over there, but also you personally, you just recently had a son and you're getting involved in the tactical games. You're doing a lot of cool stuff. And so usually we wait till the end to suggest your Instagram, but you are at mr.patrick.mabe, right? Yes. On Instagram. Formerly Instagram. known as formerly known as Mr. Meaty Thighs. <laughs> um, but I felt like I was going, it wasn't like an identity crisis, but I want to be known. I didn't want to be known as a nickname. You know, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to be wanted to be known i want i guess your legacy or whatever to be known as like hey i'm i'm patrick you know i'm not i'm not the meaty thigh character that doug made me you know uh so but yeah, yeah. mr.patrick.mabe is where my you can find me on instagram i feel like that was a big evolution for you but uh, mike do you know how i met patrick have i ever told you the story was it when they were moving and you were helping with Dude, the no this the is gear? actually way before that this is actually we really shot crazy. guns we shot guns oh. in the woods of Wisconsin like a long time ago. With stuffs.com. Okay, yeah, with stuff.com. Me- yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were just the two reps that went to that. No one else went to that, I think. I don't think no Pierce. Uh, no, Jer- Jared Bond was there from first form. Um he was? Uh, Bo Priest might have been. Bo Priest, Bo Priest and, and the uh, other the tall guy, the boxer. I forget his name. Uh Jason. Uh he's with Ignite now. I saw him at Nax. Cool. Uh but yeah, that was the first time we met and we it was a really cool event, like um, for a store to like host you and like, Hey, if you want to come early, we're going to shoot some guns at this range. And like, we go in this random range, like there's a long gravel road to get there. And, uh, I, I honestly was not proficient at all, but it kind of was natural, but I, I was not, I hadn't touched a gun in a long time. I was actually really proud that day. Cause I was the Jersey guy. So I knew everyone was expecting very little from me. And I really shot, like, I, I actually was very proud of how well I did that day. Yeah, but it was, that was a good time. That is funny. <laughs> if I, uh, it's funny since that trip, there have been like multiple, like serial killer documentaries about Wisconsin. And if I had known that when we went that day, I would have been a lot more afraid. <laughs> like we were like really far into the woods. I felt yeah, we were out there. Yeah. It but was anyway, a, it's been a few. It's anyways. been a few great years. So I was it, just to kind of say, like, with your name change and everything, I felt like you've really grown into your role and taken a lot of leadership. And so I, I was really excited to do this podcast. Is it, uh, we talk about we talk with Doug a lot. Doug's really fun to talk to, but I, I felt like this was a great time to talk with Patrick. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you guys having me on having me on here. I'm pretty humbled. Uh, I try to keep a a humble mindset. Um, so I'm just a regular dude trying to figure it out, you know. So the fact that like. I get to have this platform to to speak and maybe impact some people. It's, it's pretty cool. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, I kind of want to say, like Mike said, with that recent trip to North Carolina, uh, we do a lot of company trips and this is not to say that any other one isn't interesting or fun, but uh, that was like a, a really big trip for me, like to be able to spend time with you guys and create some content and get to really get to know you guys closer. Uh, it felt really good to know that we're partnered and, and really supporting such a good brand. So from there, it was like, all right, cool. I want to, I want to do more stuff with this, uh, not just this company, but like these, these people, you know, Yeah, that matters well, a lot to us. Yeah. And we'll, we'll keep it rolling. I think we got, there's a lot of things we have in common with each other. And like you guys, your community and the discord is just phenomenal. And I love the fact that it's not just 
supplement stuff in there. Like people can talk about gaming. They could talk about guns. They could talk about just whatever. And like, that's what people want to be involved with, right? Like within a community, you know, like, yeah, we're all brought together for, you know, we're all in the supplement industry together. Right. Um, but that's still, it's still a small part of our lives. We have a, you know, a lot of other stuff going on. So I I like, I think it's really cool that you guys are touching on that. You have a community that uh, is a, a cool place to come and like, bring who, whoever you are you want to talk about guns you want to create a new thread because you like i think you guys have a dog thread you know like <laughs> so like i think that's really cool you know so because we're all we all are here for because supplements brought us together but we all have a lot more to offer too you know yeah so. yeah so I, I guess to like kind of start the quote-unquote interview part like what brought you into supplements then can we get a little bit of your background yeah so um in co- i went to james madison university and in college uh, i played football in high school Um, I always lifted weights for football. And then when I got to college, I needed that Avenue, um, because I wasn't, uh, playing a sport. So I started lifting weights. My buddy introduced me to Lane Norton. So I actually was introduced to bodybuilding through the natural bodybuilding world, not through, uh, like the IFB. So like, I really didn't follow like the Jay Cutlers and the Ronnie Coleman's at the time. Um, I followed Lane Norton on bodybuilding.com. So, uh, (laughs) um, so I got into, to bodybuilding, got into supplements, um, and always had that. It it was always a fun spot for me. Graduated college and my Avenue, my passion was, was really bodybuilding was working out. It was fitness. It was just, it was my passion that I just knew that fitness was my route, but I wanted to make a a career out of bodybuilding. I didn't know how I was going to do that, but that was in, I told people that, um, I became a personal trainer at a gym, local gym, five minutes from my house, my parents' house. Um, and then I was just trying to, I was, uh, competing at the same time. Um, I got my pro card in the natural bodybuilding world. Um, I got butt kicked as a pro and then that was in 2013 or 2014. Um, and then I moved to Northern Virginia from Southern Virginia for, uh, an ex-girlfriend and, I was a fitness manager at a goals gym during that time. My coach, Kurt Widener, who's an athlete, he's been an athlete for core for a long, long time. He said, Hey, Doug, just put a, a post on Facebook that he's looking for management in, in Northern Virginia. I know you're up there. I was like, well, I look up to Doug Miller. I take his supplements. Why not just send him my resume? You know, like I don't really want to leave here, but like, Hey, whatever. So I was 23, 24. So I sent him my resume and I was the Arlington Nutrition Corner manager from 2000, starting in two, January, 2015. So at that time we had three stores, we had one brand. I was fulfilling the core nutritionals D to C from the store. I'd get like emails on the side and like, I would take them off, peel the stickers off and put them in a USPS little bag or box and take them to the postal service the next day. So that was my first gig. And, um, the next year we pushed, we opened up four stores we started another brand. And then in 2017, there was a sales role that was kind of fulfilled for core, but it was kind of like part-time. We had Muscle Foods USA at the time, and that became vacant. And Doug kind of naturally just came to me and said, hey, what do you think about coming on to core full-time? I said, if that's the role, whatever you want me to do. So that's when I jumped into the sales side of core. And then it's just been a roller coaster ever since. And <laughs> a lot's going on now. So... One of the things I, sorry. So I'm not sure how involved you currently are with America Labs. I think you're pretty involved with it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. Like when I think America Labs, I think Patrick. 
Like then Ben's drinking a boom for those who who aren't watching. And Patrick's on a lot of the videos. For those of you who are uh, listening on the audio feeds, we do need to talk about the hair. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so what's the story? So yeah, Patrick has so awesome hair, but it's like it's America. So I, dude, I, honestly, Patrick Mabe to me. And I mean, hopefully Doug's not going to get mad at whatever, Doug. Uh, Patrick is the face of America Labs as far as I'm concerned. A lot of people think that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a lot of pressure. And it's, <laughs> and it's a it's a pull on my heartstrings because I'm also I also am crush it lifestyle. You know, like mm-hmm. I am right. nutritionals, you know, so like when they have me wanting to do all these America Labs, America Energy videos and I'm Brad Pitt Viper here. Um, I go into this character that takes a ton of energy from me. Um, and, uh, I, I filmed on, we got some new ones coming out. We went to Lowe's for paint on Friday night and I painted a room on Saturday and I was like, Sam here, I need to film for Brad Pitt Viper. So I gave her my phone. She's got rider strapped to her chest on a baby carrier. And here we are in Lowe's our Friday night and she's filming for Brad Pitt Viper. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I do, a, I do a ton of the videos. Um, I am kind of like your typical, you know, you see this kind of character at a NASCAR race. Like, you, you know, I fit, I fit the America brand very well, uh, but it does pull on my heartstrings because like I am crush it lifestyle and I'm not, I'm trying to bridge some gaps in, in, um, in the supplement space and with our own brand that we're not just a bodybuilding brand. We're a crush it. We're a lifestyle brand. And so if you want to compete in the tactical games or shoot some guns, but you like to take supplements Hey, we're a brand for that too, you know. So I'm trying to expose core nutritionals to that more. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I do fit the American, uh, uh, I guess, the branding a little bit better because yeah, I'm, a, I'm a southern, I'm a southern guy, you know. I have a mullet, I have a mustache, and uh, yeah, I feel it's like fun. the form follows the function in these cases because I've known you with a buzzed head, I've known you with the, with the beard, like you've done a lot of these things. I really admire because like you really do do the crush it lifestyle. Like, like I've seen you eat meals at very inopportune times to make sure you hit your meals. You know, like, like I've seen you guys train at very awkward times so that you could train while still getting work done for your brands. But you also are from the South and you, you know, you drive a truck and you shoot guns, but you're like, I don't know. I, I, is there a part of Brad Pitt Viper that like, is like, that's a part of like, I don't know what you grew up like, but like, is that, is that a part of your actual identity or do you feel like you're emulating people around you? No, there's, it's definitely part of my identity. Yeah, I, I do. It, it's easy for me to get into that. Like I can, that accent and that character is definitely more second nature than like trying to do. Like if you try to get me to do like a Australian or like a UK or like some other culture, like I would be terrible. I would not <laughs> do well, but it's nothing for me to like get into that character. I mean, like uh, I have roots here in North Carolina. Um, we have a property. My papa grew Christmas tree farms, uh, grew Christmas trees on a Christmas tree farm, which you don't know a lot of people that do that. Um, we have a John Deere tractor on on the property. We have a Massey Ferguson tractor. I grew up riding four wheelers and dirt bikes. And that's just, yeah, I got some, I got friends in low places, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so for the sake of the Yankees and the West Coasters listening, what's a papa? Papa is my grandfather. Right. <laughs> That's I got awesome. a pop all and a memo. Yeah. But, and it is, but it's kind of funny. Cause like you, you like the crush your lifestyle, like to me, like I've seen Patrick very serious, you know, like I, like that you do live that lifestyle, but you turn it very quickly. Uh, and, and those brands, I mean, were you, I, I assume you were around for the inception of, 
uh, or the conception of Merica Labs. Merica was 2016. Was that? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So 20. I guess the concept started coming around 2016 when the uh, so Donald and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton right. were running against each other. We were preparing for the election in November, and we launched the but we didn't launch the brand. The concept came out then, but we launched the brand in 2017. Gotcha. Awesome. So I was around for that. Um, and then, yeah, not for core though. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah. The, the biggest thing that, um, that struck us then was the Patriots way with the massive, like overdone inclusions, which like you started something huge there. A lot of people took, you know, took that and, and ran with it. But as far as I know, you were the originals to actually like go absurd over the board with inclusions and people loved it. Yeah. You know, something interesting that you just you brought to my mind, like we actually have done a lot of, we, we should probably put more marketing behind it, but like we are leaders in innovation, like here in this, in, in, in this building, you know, we've kind of been first to market for a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know, or one of the very first, you know, like I know Doug said for the longest time, we were the first to do non-proprietary blends. Well, there's an argument that Nutribio, you know, probably was one of the first to really hit hard on that, you know? But core, a lot of people don't know core started in 2005. Um, it's just taken us, you know, a little bit longer to like it took 2013 is when things really started to change, you know. So we've been in this space for a long time and we've we've come up with great, I think, intros to the market, you know, within that time. 2013. Was that suspiciously when Patrick joined? No, that's <laughs> just... I think that's when he left his, his full time job. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Sometimes yeah. you just got to do it, man. Like sometimes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember I was double dipping and I was working a corporate job while starting my own thing here. And, um, I did it too safe, to be honest. Like I was, I was making double money and everything, which is great. And you need that because there might be hard times coming, but at the same time, like, dude, I, looking back, I would have slapped myself and be like, no, first off, like do this. And second, like, just do it. <laughs> so yeah. it's, yeah. But Hey, that's when you, when you go all in, it's like, uh, what in that Batman movie where he's like, once you're not no longer tethered, then it like forces you to learn how to fly. So uh, it's, it's best to do, you know, when, when young and young and dumb and childless and all that good stuff. So either way, so you uh, recently, but here's what I, I, I've been impressed about. I want to talk about um, still two things. Like, so I, I, unless there's other things to talk about business wise, um, tactical games, and the fact that you're doing all this stuff, having just had a child, it's been maybe what four or five months. I forget how how long. Ryder is Ryder's three months old. Three months old, and you've been like crushing the last three months. So, yeah, let's talk about that. You have you have a baby boy. How's yep. it going? How's it going? How's dad life so far for you? It's amazing. You know, you talk to a lot of dads, and they say uh, there's not a lot of connection in the first you know year, um, or there's not a lot of return. Um, it's, you know, there's just not much to do. And like, I, I guess it's all perspective. And like, I, like, I just, I just make sure that I'm a part of, of the day. Right. Like, so I'm going to pick him up today. So I was like, Hey guys, you, you wanted four o'clock Eastern time. I said, can we move it to three 30? So that way I have adequate time to make sure I'm out of here by five. Cause I'm picking up my son. Um, uh, but like in the morning, like if he's waking up and he's crying and Sam's taking a shower you know, like, and I'm trying, I want to make sure that I'm like waking him up several times a week, you know, so that like he's my, the first thing he sees. And now like, he's at that stage where like, 
he's smiling and he notices our faces. So like, I'll just come to him with a big old face and a smile and he just opens up and he's smiling back. And that is so rewarding, you know? So, um, I love it. I was, I, I've always wanted to be a father. Um, I am so blessed to have a son because there's uh this, I think we might get into this, but like, there's a new passion in me that's lit starting to burn and that's being a leader of men. Um, and, uh, instilling positive masculinity within this world. Um, and so like, I, I feel absolutely blessed that we have a son and, um, I joke with Sam, our pregnancy wasn't like the worst. She looked beautiful. Uh, our, our birth was very good. Like there was no, we did it fully natural. And I was like, we're having seven kids. That's a, uh, that's a farm you know, like we're, we're, we're doing this thing, but since she's, she thinks I'm crazy and, you know, but I love, I, I love it. Uh, I feel like we, I was meant to be a father and yeah, we're excited to, to continue to grow the family. Nice. Well, congratulations. Um, honestly, yeah, I would have as many as you can feasibly have is my, my yeah, suggestion. We talked about too. the standard podcast and, um, I, my greatest regret is starting so late and everything and not wanting them in, in the, in the first place. And, um, I, I gotta wear that and that's how it's always going to be. And that's, I, I'm, I fully accepted it and I love my daughter. We have so much fun and everything, but there are times where I have to take on the role of being a sibling. Like I have an alter ego, um, as, as a boy named as her, her older brother, Tony. And so I, but that's not probably not the best <laughs> thing to do sometimes, but sometimes we got to play, but then I got to snap back into dad mode and you know, it, it is what it is. Um, what if I could do it again, yeah, I would go for seven kids. Now, I don't think seven would we would have made it to seven, but three or four would have been cool. Yeah. So yeah. I and, and you're already thinking like the same things that I would be thinking is like a lot of people like in 2020 started buying like houses out in the woods and everything, or they wanted to get away from society. And some people have since moved back. A lot of people have doubled down, a lot of the homesteading and everything. But at the end of the, of the day, from like what I'm seeing is like everyone wants to eat good homegrown food but ain't nobody wants to shovel goat shit and do it themselves. And so you're either going to have to pay someone who just doesn't care as much or find, find like ranch hands basically, or you need to have a lot of kids. And so like, if you did want to like actually legit do the farm thing or the ranch thing, having a lot of kids, you see, I I seen it now um, that I've, I've helped work on a ranch a little bit. And I seen that it's, like that is the way that's why they had a lot of kids and everything. And, and it's awesome. You get to, you know, um, you get to see them grow and thrive. And I think with a lot of these boys and maybe this will get into some of your manhood stuff, but a lot of these boys are not meant, I'm an academic. I was perfectly happy doing math facts in school. And that's, I love that, but not these boys are not all meant to sit in a chair and stare at a chalkboard all day long or worse, a tablet or whatever it may be. A lot of them deserve to be out there with the goats. And it's sad to, it's sad to see a lot of that get, get removed, but at the same time, here we are talking about it. And I think it's like been brought back into the psyche that, you know, the, the boomer generation that raised us more or less wanted for us to have this really good, comfortable lifestyle. But I think like we got too far removed from nature and like not that long ago, my grandma, who was part of the greatest generation was down in little Italy in the garage. They were still chopping chickens heads off in the garage, you know? And the boomers got Costcoized or whatever, Walmartized or whatever. And it's nice that we don't have to chop chickens heads off, but you know what? I don't like the disconnection from food. And so I think like what you just alluded to seven kids on the farm, that brings you back to like what we are. And I think we maybe can do it with some technology. Um, we bring some of our world into that, but I don't like to lose it completely. So 
that's my little rant. I'm not sure like where you, what you're really thinking, but I do endorse like not stopping at one. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, seven won't happen. And like, I don't know where I guess I'm going with that is like uh, kind of what you're touching on is I want my family to grow up with opportunities within the house to uh, provide and do things with our hands. And so like we live in a HOA community right now. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before and, and it's a great neighborhood. Um, I have met great men in that neighborhood who we've started to get gather on uh, starting a new men's group kind of thing within the neighborhood. Um, there's a ton of kids. So like soon Ryder will be able to just go out outside, run down the street and just start playing. Right. So there's a ton of opportunity come from this neighborhood, but it's not where we want to be for the long term. We do want to find some land where we can do more things that interest us, right? Whether that's just a small garden, maybe some chickens. So you can start and having a little bit of that provide for yourself. I think a lot of what we learned in the past, you know, two to three years of this world is that, and I, I don't think I would have been awake to it unless none of this happened, but we just got uh, content and with everybody doing stuff for us, you know, and then, then there's something happens. And then like, there's people are scrambling through the grocery stores and the shelves are empty. And it's like, holy crap, let's take a step back. And we need to look at our family and what we need to do to make sure our family is, um, can survive on its own and not rely on outside sources, you know? So that's mainly, that's where like the seven kids in a farm kind of comes from, but like, we won't be there. Um, but like having a little bit of piece of, of that mindset and with the modern world, you know, again, it's going to be hard for me and, and Sam, as she's in another office here at this, at the same place. And we're very much important roles in this business to manage a farm and seven kids and run this and help run this company, you know? So like, it's just, uh, it's kind of like a joke. That's a pipe dream, but it's, but we do want to, to have somewhat of that. Right. So I think like the future is like, Hey, in like maybe 10 plus years, or whatever that looks like, we are able to find, you know, 10 plus acres of land that we can kind of have our little spot. Um, and yeah, have some things that we can do on our own and a place where our kids can pr help provide, you know? Um, cause I, I grew up, you know, not on a farm. I, I grew up with some opportunities like that. Like I was, went to hang out with my papa in the summer and I trimmed, I trimmed Christmas trees and drive the snapper, a, a rear motor snapper through Christmas trees, getting stuck in groundhog holes and just doing hard stuff um, and and call it man shit, you know, or whatever it is. Um, but like you learn a lot, you get a lot of experience from that. You build a lot of character doing that. Um, and I, I want to be able to provide that for my family. Um, I like I, I don't I don't want to do a lot of screens and stuff like that, you know, it, it, but it's necessary. It's a part of our world. We're going to understand it. We're going to use it as tools. We're going to respect it, but we're not going to be, um, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to idolize it and we're not going to use it as distraction. You know, um, I so. like that a lot. One of the things that Patrick said over the last year that really stuck with me and I've tried to really employ and also share, uh, is to create more than you consume. Uh, which just that really stuck with me, whether it's content, whether it's, uh, you know, like literally physically in the world, that really stuck with me. The thing I think that I just kind of uh, idealize when we talk about this stuff is 
um, remaining in touch with nature. Like one big regret of mine is that I never hunted as a kid. Um, you know, I've shot a lot of guns. I've done a lot of stuff in nature and I totally agree. <clears throat> even if it's, um, dealing with Christmas trees, being out, getting your hands dirty and getting into frustrating situations and fixing that like man, man shit, like that's really important. But one part of nature that I really missed out on, uh, is like, is like the, like dealing with life, like taking another life, like hunting and providing food and, and being part of that cycle of life. Um, that's, that's one aspect that I never got to be part of that. I regret, but that's, that's really something that. that I didn't either as a child. And so like, I've already talked to my dad and it's like, Hey man, we need to, we need to hunt. Like, yeah. you know, and like, we need to get, you know, well, I knew we I have, needed we to. have the, we have the land, we just, we just need to commit to doing it. And he was like, well, we're going to have to figure out how to, to, uh, to strip, you know, gut the deer or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, we'll watch a YouTube video, which is University. Hey, like there's, there's <laughs> modern, uh, modern, you know, stuff. Um, and then it might be a mess. We might not get any meat from it, but we need to, we just need yeah. to do it. But that's you know? what I, I, I admire that. And I agree with that because like you said, it's a tool. You're not idolizing it. Uh, a lot of times I feel, feel like we can all get wrapped up in it, right? Like with bodybuilding, we've all gotten really into social media. It is a tool to build your, what you can influence, but it shouldn't be your entire life. Like you can use it to learn how to skin that deer. But at the end of the day, you got to be out in the dirt. You got to be skinning that thing yourself. Like I, I knew that I should do it when I thought about it. And I was afraid of the thought process of it. Like the idea of killing something and 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 ripping it apart was like it's i mean it's it's very brutal obviously and you don't really want to do that but that was what showed me like if i don't feel that i could do it if it was necessary then that's something i think as a man you should be able to do if necessary yeah, yeah I, for me it, my only hunt's been hog hunts but at least like there it's a, it's a good intro because these hogs sure. the wild hogs in texas part some in oklahoma other estates they're tearing the, the land yeah. apart and they're like an invasive species so it, it, it that i guess that could help some but i think it's a, it's good that we're actually talking about this because because it, i mean like we've we're further down the road but like we're at the point now where you're talking about getting out in nature we're like begging people to like get out and look at the sunshine you know so like yeah. so i i think like we society's gotten so far away that there's baby steps involved and, and you guys are obviously further along, but like, just get out in the sun, just like the, the idea of grounding yourself or, you know, and you don't have to be, uh, you know, crazy about it or anything, but like letting your skin touch the earth, this doesn't happen to a lot of people anymore. And it's insane. And, I, and, and you see people having all sorts of mental illnesses and we could like, you know, chase down a zillion different causes of that, whether it's the food or whatever. But if you like have someone fast a little bit, get out in the sunshine and touch the ground. They are going to be feel better. And if you put them in a, in a safe, like forest, not a scary, crazy one or anything, but you put them out in, the, in, in nature on a hike, hiking trail or something, they're going to feel better. And then you just have to like get them back out. And I think the return to nature is definitely a, a big thing. I agree. Uh, and then taking it to the next step of actually hunting and, and knowing your food. I think it, I think it's an honorable thing. I think it's far more honorable to, to kill your meat than to, you know, have it be slaughtered at some operation that you, who knows, might've been shipped back and forth between two countries, the way these la things are labeled. So, um, yeah, it's great. So Patrick, can you tell me about, uh, you're starting a man's group in your neighborhood? Like how does one go about that? Was this like you starting it or how, tell me about it? Uh, this particular one wasn't, um, so uh, going back to like having the fire to, 
just be around more men and kind of get together. Um, uh, it started as I started a zoom one because two of my best friends, uh, that I went to high school with college with, they're still back in Roanoke, Virginia, and I don't get to see them all the time, but I wanted to be closer to them. So we, we decided to, uh, pick a book and we would meet once a week and, um, we would discuss the book and some like right now we're not on a book and we're not very consistent. Like we, I think it was two weeks ago when we had a, a get together. Um, but we just get together and we just, we talk, we just have fellowship. Um, so I've, I've, I've been doing that. Um, I just recently joined, or I'm trying to just depends on scheduling. Um, our church has a, uh, a men's group. They just started called knuckleheads. So I sought out that and I went on Monday um, and then Tuesday, uh, this was brought up, brought to me by somebody else. And <clears throat> it's, um, a friend in the neighborhood who I've become very close with, and he wanted to start a kind of like a men's gathering, um, but he was doing it around whiskey. Um, so doing it around bourbon, so get together, bring, uh, you, the thing is bring a bourbon, have it completely in the bag and taped up and then you pour and then you discuss the bourbon and try to kind of figure out what what's happening with it. And then after that, once you've had a sip or two, you share it and tell a story behind it. Um, and I don't, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to kind of share a little bit of personal information. Um, I went on Tuesday, uh, but I've made a vow to not drink through the rest of the year. Um, I kind of found myself in like a, a slippery slope with alcohol uh, in a place where like you couldn't just drink one. You know, so if it was around you, you buy like I, I like IPA. So I'd buy a four pack of those nice 16 ounce IPAs. And, you know, you buy it on a Friday, have planning on have one Friday and ha or and then one on Saturday or something like that. Well, sometimes I would drink the whole thing. And like I realized, like, dude, you you're just you need to take a break, you know. So I took a break, but like I committed to this whiskey night, right? So I uh, I told the host that I wasn't going to drink. I brought a cigar. Um, and then he was like, dude, well, we'd love, I mean, I still want you to come. I'm like, yeah, I want to come too. So like, uh, we'll just come. So, I, and then I told the guys before I started and the amount of praise that I've gotten when I tell this testimony um, has been super, uh, super cool. Like I didn't think, I, I didn't think I would get like, dude, you're what a pansy, you know? And I didn't, I didn't think I would get that, but the amount of like, they said, man, dude, good for you, man. I, I, that's awesome. You know, like get a fist bump. And then like an hour later, there's a pause and they're like one whiskey in. And they one guy looks at me and he's like, dude, I think it's super cool that you're sitting here talking to us and you're not drinking, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, man, like it, this is men's fellowship. You know, we're, we're sitting here, uh, we're being vulnerable, we're sharing stories um, and we're growing together, you know, and uh, so I'm seeking that out. Like I'm trying to, you know, and I posted a story today that was, you know, be a producer, not a consumer. And in that find, uh, find a group that is, is like-minded that pushes you. Um, you can push them, but at the same time, if you need to like lean on, lean on them and like maybe confess or cry on their shoulder, they're there for you too, you know, and, and men, men need that. So I, there's just been this big calling for me as of late, um, I'm a spiritual guy. I'm a Christian. And, uh, I just, I, I like seeking that out. And so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of been a little bit of a journey that I ha I've been on in the past year or so. Um, and then it kind of goes back to like, now I'm a father of a son, 
you know, and there's a lot of things that, you know, like Carl, who's been in the group before, he's a general manager of our stores. And I think I said it earlier, we're just a bunch of dudes trying to figure it out. You know, like no men, no man has it figured it out, figured out, you know? So, but like, if we get a bunch of men together, we can figure a lot of stuff out. Um, The drinking thing is tough uh, because like, I, I'm kind of in a similar situation. Like I I don't like to just kind of have a couple, like if I drink, I like to do it, you know? Uh, Yeah. uh, And parallel to that, I realized every time I stopped drinking for long amounts of time, my work got better. My training got better. I felt better. I was a better person. Just overall, my life improved. But at the same time, I like to smoke cigars. You know, whiskey goes really well with cigars. Like, yeah. and it's this big part of, you know, masculine cultures, like enjoying a beer, enjoying a whiskey. Uh, when we go out, one of the things that I actually really enjoy about, like, if we're around the Crush It team is like that drinking is not like a part of the culture often, or at least not in a large amount. Yeah. Um I always joke there's there's two crews when we go to expos there's the ones that wake up to train in the morning and there's the ones that stay out late at, at night and p- part of the hard part of our job is having to be part of both of them but yeah. with, when I'm with you guys we get to you know like spend our time more effectively but like like you like you kind of mentioned like with your crew of guys like it's fun to be around other men and drink a little bit and talk about it I'd love to do that except drinking pre-workout without seeing the supplement facts panel and talking about what you felt from it yeah I might as well throw in my, my little two cents. Um, this would sound crazy. Anyone who knew me 20, 15, 20 to 15 <laughs> years ago, but I absolutely loathe alcohol now. I, I literally hate it. Um, it. It makes me feel terrible. And I think a lot of that for me started like from like some sort of biological level uh, when people start getting into keto or carnivore type diets, which I, I bounce in and out of that kind of stuff. But once, and this happens, a lot of people go who go low carb, alcohol just doesn't hit the same anymore and it never came back to me and i don't mind that at all um though the way i view food right now and the way any food source supplement or uh or drink really is does this give me energy i'm very into energy like i'm i'm middle-aged now i need to keep my energy levels high and i loathe and despise low energy dads i will tell you that right now because we can get into that in a second, but, um, so I look at a food, does it give me energy or does it take my energy away? And some foods that you consider healthy, that might work for you. Well, for you take my energy away and others give me energy. Like meat obviously gives me lots of energy. Saturated fats give me lots of energy. Um, so that's kind of an alcohol does the opposite. It takes my energy away. And so I get the benefits of like having a drink every now and then. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't suit my body anymore. And, uh, but there's nothing that I, there's nothing I can't say, sober that I you know wouldn't say drunk or whatever. I, I may have messed that phrase up, but mm. there's nothing that, I don't know. I, it doesn't bother me anymore. I used to like need this alcohol lubrication crutch or whatever. And that to me, I'd go back in time again and slap myself. So it's, uh, it's not necessary, but we do need some sort of brotherhood. And if it is alcohol based or, you know, that's better than nothing, I will say. Um, but to me, as I long as sure. I think the, the thing I've learned about th- during this little process, this little journey that I'm on is like, as long as you have command over it, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if you go to that whiskey night with your boys, if you have command over, okay, I'm doing a taste test, right? Mm-hmm. So I can, we can talk about it and have fellowship around this, this thing. Um, if you don't have command over it, that means you're, you're pretty much going to get drunk. And I think that is, that is the big thing that I've kind of learned. Cause I, I, I really enjoy the process of alcohol. I love hearing about the stories of 
you know, how bourbon's made or how whiskey's made, um, how craft beer has come so far and the process of that. My papa made wine. He didn't drink a lot at all. He would just taste it to, to help, you know, need, know what he needed to do. Hell, he was still in moonshine and he just loved the process, the engineering of it. And I have a little bit of that in me, but there was a, I got into myself, myself into a, a slippery slope of like, Hey, it's starting to control me a little bit. We need to take a step back here, you know? And I think, um, so like having fellowship over that is fine. As long as it's not like, Hey, we're going to the bar for men's night, but we're getting screwed up. We're getting effed up, you know, then, then it's not, the purpose is not fellowship and gathering and, and, you know, growing with each other. It's just going to party. You know? Right. Yeah. There's a difference between escape and that's, I think it's, it's used as an escape for guys. Yes. Like they disappear to the football game all day long. Um, well, moms with the kids, like that's not cool. And instead of sometimes men do need to not escape, but go elsewhere in order to better themselves, or at least like be with other guys. Like historically we were out hunting and, and I think that's still wired into the, the, the male brain and things go really, they go awry when we don't have, have that. I, I, it's, it's interesting, but like, I think social media has simultaneously hurt things, but brought a lot of people together to talk about this where we, we didn't have this kind of conversation back in the days of the, of the forums. And like, you know, I, I mentioned the days of bodybuilding.com forums and they're, they're best, they're legendary, but we didn't really have that kind of level of discussion. There's something about social media that allows you to pick and choose who you're talking to. And then all of a sudden you're like, dude, we got this really cool group of guys. You know, and so we need that in person, though. And so I love I love online communities and everything. But there's you know, there's something to be said about the handshake. So I think one of the main differences is that forums were a, a place for communities around a subject. But social right. media allows you to live a life on that platform and an individual life. There's like one of the things I like about Discord, like what Patrick was talking about is like there's a there's a dog discord for so like there's a there's, there's different like places for you to talk about things that you love and it brings people together but social media it's your page and you make your content and that is on its own and it's almost isolating like people can comment on that but there's no community i mean we we do our best to bring people together like core brings the other natural competitors and all that stuff but at the end of the day it's still you on your page and that can be very isolating uh yeah. and it also it also um it makes me feel isolated, especially because you see so much more. You, like, you see so many different lives, so many different people that are honestly fake lives that you're just seeing. And I'm sure we could talk about this forever, how people can fake their lives online. And it's, I think it's hard, hard for people to see that, but there's no longer, like you said, even like a, like a virtual handshake on like, like communities, like forums, you were able to see other people doing things that were similar in that community. Whereas social media is all about, well, you know, that guy's got a Lamborghini and that guy's, you know, got a lot of girlfriends or like whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, moving on. So I don't know if you had anything else to talk about fatherhood or any of that stuff. Well, we kind of touched on the task games a bit. And that's what I was my, this is my next question. Yeah. So dig right in. Like how did, how did this happen? Give us, give us everything and assume that some of the listeners have zero clue what tactical games is. Can kind Okay. Of so uh, we'll, we'll plug the tactical games. So the tactical games.com and you can go and learn about it, but essentially the, the breakdown is you're in a competition. It's a fitness. It's a shooting competition with fitness. So you are judged on accuracy and time, um, but there's fitness that's involved. So essentially, if I can explain it to somebody, it's like I'm doing a obstacle course mixed with strongman. Not so much CrossFit because it's CrossFit is actually like a name for like, like 
its own sport, but functional fitness, strongman type activities. Like you're picking up sandbags, your farmer carrying uh, stuff, you're dragging a sled, you're running around a compound with a, a rucksack on. So like you're doing like hard fitness, that's uh, a little more functional, right? Um, and then why you do a fitness iteration. And then after that fitness iteration, you shoot, you shoot, um, uh, a rifle platform in the five, five, six, two, two, three, you can shoot 300 blackout, but it's mostly those two. Um, and then you shoot a, a pistol platform and it's mostly nine millimeter. Some people might shoot 40 or 45, but I th don't think you're allowed much over that caliber. Um, so you, and you, uh, yeah, you basically do these things called battles. They're called battles. And you have over a two-day weekend, you have six total battles and two aggregates. Um, one's a fitness aggregate. One is a shooting aggregate. Um, and then after the whole weekend, you're you're judged on your, your time. So I was the fastest when I did it in April out of my group, the tactical men's. But I came in uh, 13th out of 26 or something like that because I was – I was not accurate. Um, so like, it doesn't pay to be fast. You can be, you need to be fast, but you pay, it's, it's better to be more accurate. So anyways, that's a little bit about the tactical games. I got into it. Um, I competed in 2019. Um, I competed in three shows. I got two second place finishes and a fifth place finish. And I was very proud of that season. Um, I felt like uh, I was, with the best of them. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't have the genetic body for a first place, uh, world champion in natural bodybuilding. I can probably get there and, and scrap and win a couple shows, but I don't have like that genetic pop. Um, that's just natural, you know? So I would have to win on, um, who's there and just sheer conditioning and just hard muscle, which is kind of what I bring to the table. So I wasn't, I was okay. I, I've left bodybuilding in a sense. I was okay with doing that because I had a really good year. I finished, I won some money as a pro that I never had before. And I came in fifth in, in the world championship. So that was cool. Um, after that year, both of my elbows completely, uh, epic, medial epicondylitis, both elbows were ruined. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of getting hurt because I had herniated my L4 and L5 until 2017 i had to recover from that i was like bodybuilding is just tearing me up so i need to take a step back so i started trying to be more functional i want to have kids one day and i want to be able to like pick them up and turn and juke and run soccer or whatever and not get hurt so i was like you know what i'm going to start being more functional i'm going to figure these elbows out but while i figure my elbows out i need to do something so i started running more at this was at the same time about 2020 happened and before 2020 happened, Sam and I needed new hobbies because we weren't bodybuilding. So we, we got into, we took a class at a local gun range. So then I'm, I got trigger fever, you know, so like I'm super into it now. So now I've added shooting to, uh, going to shooting at a range and trying to get better at this skill. Cause I, I just need something, right? Like men do right guys, boys, they need, they need a task and I need something. So, um, I added that to my plat to, my repertoire, whatever. So then I found the tactical games through social media and just searching around. And I found that it is a fitness and a shooting competition and I'm not doing bodybuilding more, but I need fitness and I'm liking the shooting thing. So like, dude, this is perfect. Right. 
Um, so I started, I was like, I'm committing to this and I just jumped in and a lot of people don't do this. Like a lot of people are like, man, I want to do that, but they just don't, they don't do it. And I'm just the guy's like, I'm going to suck and I'm going to love it. You know? So I, I just jumped in and just did it. And I was impressing a ton of people just on sheer fitness just because I'm athletic, you know, but my shooting was not good, you know? Um, so I've learned a lot about that. So yeah, that's my new journey. I just, I did it in April. They've had a whole season. They basically, they have like 10 to 12 events throughout the year that are literally across the country. So it's hard to, there's a lot of travel involved, um, but they hold one in South Carolina. Um, that's easy to get to. And, uh, but next year I'm doing a skirmish, which is like a practice day. I'm doing one in December. Um, and so, uh, uh, next year I'm trying to make a pretty good run and I want to do three or four, um, and really just go at it. And at the same time, I can't take corner. I can't not take core nutritionals with me. So I have this new goal of ours is to bridge a gap between, uh, supplements and the shooting world, you know, so the tactical games, they, they do have, they are, they have an affiliate that's a supplement brand, but it, it's a smaller brand that is just in the tactical world. Um, it's not so much in our, like you guys probably never heard of them. Um, but anyways, I'm trying to bridge some of that gap. So I love that we now have hydrate. Um, our intra product is great for, for stuff like this. Um, protein works for anybody, you know, we have all the lifeline and we just have so many products that fit any lifestyle. And so like, I'm trying to bridge the gap between, between this, but I've, but to do that, I feel like I've needed to jump all in and be a competitor and an athlete before we can like say, Hey, we're just random supplement people. And we see you guys are doing fitness and we want to, we want you to take our products, you know, without any knowledge of what they're doing. So so yeah, that's kind of been my journey uh, this past year and a half or so. I can awesome. see. What so when you're it. shooting, I assume it's after you've done a bunch of heavy lifts. So are you shaking and stuff as you're shooting? Oh yeah, your the- your heart rate's up. You're fatigued. Yeah. You basically you do the fitness, then you shoot, and then you do the fitness, then you shoot. You do the yeah. fitness, then you shoot. You do the fitness, and you shoot. And it's about you call it like four sets or four rounds mm-hmm. of a every minute on the minute in a sense, or like for time. It's for time actually, I guess in the crossfit world okay um, oh. but yeah so like you're super fatigued so and like can you kind of talk about other age classes or weight classes uh tell me about the, the demographics and about how many people are in each one uh the one i went to had about upwards to 200 competitors uh it's really grown social media is great right like it's really grown through social media the past couple of years they've changed they've had new ownership um, there is a men's elite, which is the top of the top. So like if anybody's listening, who knows CrossFit, uh, Jacob Hepner was a CrossFit competitor who now is a tactical games competitor. And he's like, he's like the, the top of the, the guys. And he's like a little bit of a poster child for him. Like he's kind of works with them a little bit. Um, but you have the elite and then you have men's tactical, which I'm, I competed in. So men's tactical is a little bit less in weight like used. So the, the weights aren't as heavy. Um, and you're allowed a red dot on your pistol. The elite have to shoot iron sights. Then there's men's intermediate, which the weight is even less than that. And you're allowed, I'm pretty sure you're allowed a red dot as well. So I didn't want to be an intermediate cause I'm not an intermediate guy. I'm a, I'm an athlete. Um, 
and I, I run a, I run a red dot on my pistol and I've only trained with that. So I was like, this is kind of, I'm just going to go in the tactical division. So that, I ran the tactical division and there's the same in, in women. So there's women's elite intermediate and tactical. And then there's men's uh, 40 plus and men's 50 plus. And then there is a team division. So you can run it with a buddy and there's specific, uh, you know, like specific, the, the battles are a little bit different for the teams. And um, so, yeah, so that's a little bit of the breakdown of like the divisions. Two of the things that I want to know about is one uh, safety wise with this stuff, like how insane, like, first off, how many <laughs> waivers did you have to sign to do this? Because that I just legally in America, I just imagine that was like a, like a freaking constitution of itself. Uh, yeah. But like how, like, I assume like, like, is, is there a, is there a briefing every single time you do one of these or because if you shoot around competent people, like at a certain point, you get tired of watching the video at the beginning of the range and everything like that. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a waiver when you sign up for a, an event. Um, and then there's a briefing at, so the first event might start at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. or so, so pretty early. There's a briefing at 6 a.m. Really early. I forget the times, but like you have to report to the briefing and then there's, they go over safety, they go over medical, they go over a little bit of the place. Um, and then there's a battle boss um, for each battle who is in charge. He or she is number one in charge. They can stop anything that they want. Then there's uh, judges that are with each shooter. So somebody, in, so there's, um, in a battle, there's about five lanes max and there's a five, there's five judges and one battle boss. So that judge is watching me the entire time. And, um, so they're watching me for like, uh, you know, now they're not watching my target cause you'll see that at, after the battle's over, but they're watching, um, like the line. If you have to get a sandbag over a line, they're watching that they're watching your reps they're watching all that stuff because then they have to like either go and report that they didn't complete this, this, and this, but they're also watching uh, the safety. And so this is when it, cause you're doing stuff with a rifle, most likely slung on your back and a pistol on your holster and your hip. Um, and so you're, you run cl cleared. And then when you enter the firing lane, there's a firing line, you load, make ready, and you are given a set amount of shots per that round. So you have four mag. If I have four sets, I have four magazines on me that are for my pistol and four magazines on me for my rifle. And um, once I get to the firing line, I load and make ready. I shoot all 12 rounds. Then once that's once those rounds are done. So let's say if it's uh, a rifle, the bolt release is, is locked. You then have to release the bolt and and put the hammer down and say clear. Then you move to your pistol and you do the same thing. You load and make ready. You shoot your 12, hammer, drop the hammer, uh, fire the, uh, pull the trigger, pin the trigger, clear, or a holster, and then say clear. Once you say clear and your hands are up and they see that you're clear, you can return to your fitness. So if they don't see, if, if you don't, if you start to return, if you do that, do hammer down everything and you're cleared, but you don't throw your hands up and say clear, they'll make you go back and say clear. And that's so all part they're of the time. You. And it, huh? That's all part of the time what was factor. That? Like, like all this is, is a, like, like that clear point that's timed. Like, 
So, so like, yeah, is like it's for part speed of it, or is accuracy? Like, what's the what are the metrics you're graded on? I guess Ben's asking so, if it's like timed. So there, um, let's see. So like, there'll be a timeout. So like, let's say you get 15 minutes to run this battle. If you don't complete those 15 minutes, what you do not complete, uh, the, depending on what you didn't, what it is, they will calculate that as misses. For every, so let's let's just uh, let me see if I can kind of walk through this. Just so for every miss, so there's a circle on a target like this, and if I'm missing out here, if I don't have 12 in that circle, because there's four circles for each, yeah, right, because there's four things, um, four rounds. For every miss is 10 seconds to your time. Wow. Um, here's how they score you though. So <clears throat> they will take the most, the, the fastest and the accurate or the best time. So like if you finish um, in 12 minutes and 30 seconds and you have five misses and that is the best, whatever. So they, they convert the 12 minutes and 30 seconds to total seconds. And then they add the five misses. They add 50 seconds to that. And you are the number one. You receive 100, 100%, 100 points. Then they then take the next time. So if I had, um, I'm making up numbers, but if I had 5,000 points and I'm the number one, so I'm receiving 500, I'm receiving 100 points. The person in second had 4,000 points. Uh, or whatever, and they would be a per the percentage that percent would go into uh, the the number one person. So basically, the the second, third, fourth, fifth, and, and so on um, are determined as a percentage of the the bar that was set. So wow. I'm butchering a little bit. The rules are on the website, but because <laughs> they they they've really thought this all the way through because there's a lot of factors, right? There's sure. a lot, there's time, there's accuracy, there's not completing it. Um, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it. So they have this whole uh, methodology of scoring kind of figured out. So super minutia details. So while you're running, is there a magazine inserted at all or is it completely? No. Okay. Okay. Cool. You, you, there is zero magazine inserted into your gun unless you're on the firing line. Right. So you gotcha. can't even walk around the, the, the complex. So like you have, you're a part of a group, group four, and um, you have to know your number and you have to know what the schedule is and your times. Cause there's battles. It's just, there's just, there's rounds going off all day long. It's, it's a, it's chaos, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like, we can go back to our truck and I can, we can hang out, eat lunch but then I have to report at 12 o'clock. So I'm going to go to that battle at like 1130, watch the first couple because I want to like play it out in my head, what I got to do, because I mean, not only is it physical and you have to and have to shoot, it's mental too, because um, you have to shoot your first, there's say you're shooting out of a barricade. So you have a circle, a square, a triangle, and you're sh shooting out of a barricade. You have to shoot the first one through the circle 12 rifle, 12 pistol. Then you go back and do fitness and then you come up and then you have to shoot through the square, 12 rifle, 12 pistol. I lost 120 seconds because I shot my rifle through the square or through the circle, whatever. I cleared out, grabbed my pistol and went to the, the circle or the, the opposite thing next to it. I didn't shoot through the same hole. So your brain is all just, it's everywhere. Like your mind is just like, 
going through all this stuff. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a lot going on at once. Um, and they do a really good job of putting these things on. Um, they have a great team and it was a great community. We talk about community. Um, I've met some really cool people like this year, the South Carolina one that at sawmill is the range. It's a team event. So you can't go, it's you, you can go as an individual, but they're going to pair you with somebody if you don't have a teammate. Um, and I have somebody already reaching out to me and like, Hey dude, do you want to do this together? Who I just cool. met at the games. You know, I've already I've connected with some that were in Northern Virginia, where we're from, and they um, went to a local place in Northern Virginia and they're using our products, you know. And so, like, it's a really cool community. You, people are holding each other accountable. It's just like bodybuilding. You know, it's just like mm -hmm. any other sport. You know, um, it's just uh, involves a scary thing, which is, you know, guns. Um, but they're just tools, you know, to achieve something. And um, so, yeah, so. <clears throat> And then like with you said, with competition, man, like I've, I just love, I've started to really fall in love with the, the skill. And so like, I can see myself getting into some USPSA pistol competitions. Um, I just love, I just love learning new things and trying to be good at them. And so like, there might be a phase where this is my thing for the next 10 years. And then maybe in my forties to fifties, I'm doing something else, you know, That's like, awesome. I just like picking up new skills and, and getting good at them. One thing I want to ask, and I want to geek out for just five seconds. Uh, Mike doesn't do as much of this, but I want to know what your kit is. Like, just like, I don't care if it's not Gucci or whatever, but like, like what, what do you run? Like what, what kind of belt, what kind of rifle and what kind of pistol or whatever it is that you wear? All right, let's see. So my belt We're getting is demonetized for this video, by the way. Oh yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even trying. I don't get into it as much. I do have, some kit but yeah you guys are it, it totally it it matters man and like i'm already learning like and it's expensive and it's like the guns are cool but like 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 i'm not going to the gun show because i don't want to be irresponsible and buy another gun when i don't need another gun i need more gear i need more ammo i need other things to help me train yes so sure so i'm keeping most of my kit right now because i have it it's not the most perfect thing um and I've learned, you have to learn. That's another thing that stinks about the gun industry is that you have to learn that it sucks. You can't just like, it work, might work for somebody, but like until you actually run it and use it, you might not, re, you're, you're going to be like, oh, well, like I want to change this. I want to change that, you know? So anyways, the belt I run is a blue alpha gear, um, Molly belt. Um, I get, I'm a big warrior poet society guy. Yeah. Uh, John Lovell is the man. Um, so I actually buy a lot, some stuff from them. So I have their warrior poet, um, a two piece belt with the inner, inner and the outer. Um, I have basic S tac Kiwi, uh, magazine pouches. Um, and my holster is like a safari land setup, but it's with an Odin holster, uh, cause it was cheaper. Um, I didn't spend the $300 on, on the safari land holster. Is it a but drop level leg or is it right on the belt? Um, so I, I have a drop leg, but I switched to a mid ride on the belt because when you're squatting and you're in doing a lot of moving, you realize that like that is catching and it's, it's, it's not making you as mobile. So I ended up buying a, a mid ride, um, right on the belt and a level two retention holster is very important. So, um, if you're, cause I have a level one that I just run at like uh, classes and stuff like that. If I was going to compete in the competition, I'll run that. But the level two is necessary for 
if you're jumping over something and your gun comes out, well, you got to go back and get that gun. And I had to do that with my, my magazine a couple of times that I, I would, a magazine would strip off my, my placard on the front of my vest and I'd have to run back and go get it. So that's <laughs> something to think about. Um, I run a uh, defense mechanisms um, plate carrier with RX plates. So the plates that you have to be as a man, you have to be 15 pounds. Mine weighed in at 18 pounds. They were like, dude, you're three pounds over. I'm like, well, it's all I got, you know? So I'm running and this is what I've been training with, you know? So uh, the tactical games has a relationship with other people and they have a relationship with RX plates um, and they have a different plate that I probably should have bought, but I've got the, just the training plate. Um, so I think that's why I was a little bit heavier. Um, the defense mechanisms is it's, it's not, I don't think it's meant for this training plate. And so like up here, it started to fray mm. where the training plate hits. So it's not going to last me like much longer. I need to get it sewn or duct tape or something. Um, I'm, uh, I have a FN 509. Um, so that's my pistol. Um, I run a, a red dot, I run a Trojicon armor. Um, and then my rifle is, is basic and we're working on this. This is where like, I want to spend a lot of money. Um, but I have a Diamondback DB15 that I've that. I've uh, I've changed out a bunch of different stuff on it, like uh, different stock. Um, yeah, I've kind of played around with it. It's a 16-inch barrel, um, and then I have a uh, Vortex PST Vortex Viper PST2. I think it's what it's called, and I bought that used from a guy. So I ran the games though with a red dot. A hollow sun 512 and um i was i knew they were going to push you to distance so we went out to 350 yards and i've never shot 350 yards in a class i'm pretty sure i had a 50 yard zero and um so i got nervous so i had to ask for a buddy to give me a magnifier a 3x magnifier that was probably from amazon piece of junk well it was, I was running it like this. So like, here's my red dot or yeah, something like this. Here's my red dot. Here's my magnifier. So they didn't align perfectly. So it was, it was a, it was a, a fun time. And then my, the first day, my RMR lost a screw. So like, I, I was like, well, I don't want to lose the RMR during the game. So like, I just took the RMR off. And so I ran iron sights the next day, like, Awesome. I've improved uh, a lot and I haven't competed since, but I have improved a lot with, um, I have a, a, a low power variable scope now, which a lot of people run one to six or one to eight low power, low power variable scopes, because you are getting pushed out to distances. Um, you it's not like you, you don't need to be fast with ready ups, you know, it's not close quarters, you know? So like most of the rifle stuff is 75 50 to 50 75 maybe 100 yards in a regular bay and then they'll try to push you depending on the range they'll try to push you to some distance and the distance was hard actually that was my best event though and i like i think god was looking out he's like dude uh he like i hit the first target like three times in a row i'm like so in shock that i wanted to move on and they're like no dude come back you have one more shot here so, <laughs> so yeah so i've learned a lot along the way and like i said it's you're always going to want to change something up. Um, so I'd like to build a new rifle out and maybe change up some gear, but uh, I'm just going to run it with what I have now. Cause awesome. you know, I already have it. 
So. Yeah. Dude, cool. that's awesome. It's, it's fun. like any other sport. I mean, yeah, bodybuilders have to figure out their their whole setup and everything too. So you're just back to being a rookie and something. I I commend you for just jumping in. That's the really the way Seriously. to do it. So how do you train for something like this? I am assuming, uh, well, maybe you have access to a lot of land. It seems like that's people are going to have an advantage if they have the ability to to shoot a lot. Yeah. So the first recommendation is to just um, to start training differently. So like training is number one. So conditioning is a big part of it. So I've had to really work on a lot of conditioning. Um, so I've, I did a lot of it here at the Coliseum, which is a bodybuilder's gym. We only have like, I would just try to like, okay, what can I do? Right. So like I did a lot of step ups. Um, I would wear my tactical, my plate carrier a lot. I'd ran, I started running more. They, in the, in the rules, they'll say uh, you'll need to climb a rope. So I found a buddy who had a, a rope and learned how to climb a rope. So I just like, I just guessed, you know, um, but now I have invested in some sandbags. I'd need to get some more. The gym has more, a turf now with a sled. And so like, um, you, you just need to look for more. It's really, there's a thing it's called tactical training, you know, just like hard stuff that, and, and you got to get your heart rate up and it's more, it's more conditioning. It's, but there's, there's strength to it too. So I like to set up, I'm following a program right now, but I like to set up, a stations and just how can I make this really taxing? Um, and how does this, how can this relate to like, almost like real life? Like how am I going to go out and pick up a big ass rock and move it, you know, you know, out of the way. So you have to think about it that way. And then for shooting. Yeah. Like you're going to need the live fire. Um, but dry fire is, is number one for any type of shooting. So like you need to be dry firing. Um, and so like, having a good range and then having maybe some land is definitely the best way to train. So like this weekend I joined a range that's 40 minutes away and I'm going to go and I'm going to bring farmer carries, uh, sandbags, and I'm going to set up my own little battle and, um, and just kind of do it on my own. So, so I know Mike has has a question he wants to get into. My big thing I want to talk about before we move on is something you've already hit on, but like, sports nutrition in this sport like i consume a lot of content in shooting like you talked about warrior poet um i don't follow him as much although mike i think you would love his stuff with homesteading Mm -hmm. uh but t-rex arms is the one that i like to watch a lot of and he's a uspsa shooter um he's a real small guy i don't think he would do the lifting but one of the things that i noticed with all these guys is like the only like thing close to nutrition that they talk about or that you see at least um outside of just eating well like obviously in this community everyone just eats good meat and food and stuff like that not a lot of processed foods and seed oil is a big part but i just see everyone drinking monster or rain like it's just like energy drinks energy drinks energy drinks everyone drinks a lot of energy drinks and so it's funny i i want to see core make it into there but i also feel like boom could find a place as well yeah can i guess yeah the question is like how do you want to how do you bridge this gap can it be bridged do they care like all that yeah they care i'm actually working on trying to so the nationals are coming up here in november and so like i know there's it's like dude i mean they run it like a like we do here you guys saw our operation they're not running it with like a bunch of people they're you know five guys that maybe do everything and uh i know they're busy so but i want to send an email you know soon and just like what does what does sponsorship look like what is because they're i think they're going to want you to be at every single game you know with a booth um so there's something there where like, how do I, how do I, I just want to get involved. I, I I'm coming from the supplement industry. So I'm working on that process now. 
Um, hey, I, I'm next year. I'm planning on competing at least three times, maybe volunteering. Like I want to be, a, I love what you're doing. I personally am going to be a part of it no matter what, but I, I, I'd like to bridge a gap between, you know, between this and, and maybe add some supplements to it. Um, the, the T-Rex arm things. And when it comes to energy drinks, uh, that, the, they're also a big part of the gaming industry. So they're big gamers. So gamers like energy drinks. And so that's where like you see a rain and, and Lucas's hand all the time. Yeah. He's sponsored. He's not sponsored. It gets like thrown around a bunch. You don't know if he really is or not. Um, but yeah, so the inner, everybody drink, dude, we, I just had a conversation about this. Somebody was saying, why don't we go to like a plastic drink or what if we change this and did this? I'm like 16 ounce a carbonated beverage is the number one consumed. It's, it's everybody, mm -hmm. right? So like as soon as you take, you go away from a carbonated beverage, um, energy drink, you're getting into, you're cutting your, your demographic out, you know, a little bit. So everybody drinks energy drink. So, um, I'm not, we do an energy drink. I would love it. Boom. This is racing. This is America. This is guns. Like it does belong in there. Um, but like the tactical games is a different world where like fitness is bigger. And I just have that passion for training and fitness. And so a, a lot of the training leading up to these games, like you got to be working your butt off and, and, and taking care of your body. And so that's where the supplement comes into place, you know, and I see it fitting better there. I think the drink is great for like, um, going to a range day with, with your boys, you know, and like every, every shooter is going to do that. But, and it is a bigger category when you talk about all the shooters, mm -hmm. but the tactical games, the fitness side of things, I think um, it's just fits a supplement company a little bit better. I understand. So. And especially when you're ta talking about uh, a sport where there's a lot of maturity involved over safety and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a lot of your copy talks about, you know, shooting fireworks from butts and stuff like that. And while that is lots of fun. And like you said, range day with your buds is awesome. I can absolutely respect it because I mean, out there running, moving, like carrying heavy stuff and then having to be able to like hold your steady and actually hit 350 meter shots. Like you were saying, like, yeah, I can only imagine. And like, I've gotten, I've started to get pretty picky about who's who I'm going to the range with. Like um, I've been around, I've taken classes and I've, like from like the top of the industry guys. And, um, if at this point, I, if you don't have like a holster, a holster and like, you know, you're set up to, to run, run, uh, you know, a class and you don't have basic skills under you. Like I, I, I don't want to go because with you and it's no offense, but like, I'm trying to get better. So if like, I'm suspending time with you all day, like I'm not getting any better. So yeah. like I've started to get pretty particular about who I go to the range with and you'll, and, and, and majority of people that shoot just want to go to the range and they want to blow off some steam and they want to drink an energy drink while they do it. And I totally get that, but I'm just not, I am just, I'm a fitness. I'm a, I want to get better. I want to improve and I want to want to be good. So like, you know, that's where I, that's kind of where I'm going. You know? I, th I, I really often, I got into video games in 2020 and, uh, we were, I, I always got shit on and, and my buddies and I'd be like, why are they so good? And I would always liken everything back to like training is very reasonable and relatable for us. Like in those same ways, like you, like people who train all the time in the gym for bodybuilding or powerlifting, whatever, like they're a different level. Like, would you want to do a leg day with someone who doesn't, I don't know if, if like having legs, uh, knee sleeves is like the right analogy, but like, I don't work out with people that are not serious about it. And there's nothing against that. Like, if you want to go to the range and 
and just shoot for fun or blow off some steam, like you were saying, that's one thing. But like, if you're going there to learn and get better, like there's a certain right. commitment of that. There's a mindset. Now, if you're not as good as, if you're not as good as me, but you're coming like, Hey dude, you're going to lead and you're going to teach me. And like, all right, cool. Like, I love that. Yeah. But like, I'm not going there to mag dump, you know? Yeah. So we're just, just know that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's too expensive so. anyway. <laughs> yeah. it is i mean like you know it blows off steam it is good at, for the soul every once in a while but yeah i like i understand like some days i uh, some weekends i'll go with my friends to you know the 25 yard indoor range and uh you know my, my friends have some fun guns that they'll bring out and it's fun to shoot some stuff that's a little bit different but like if i'm going to land um you know if i'm going to wear a plate carrier and put on some stuff like i'm not mag dumping like you said like i'm i'm going to do something yeah. and also like even just as like a like we were saying before about home defense and stuff. Like I take it seriously, even if I'm not going to be competing in a competition. Can I tell a story real quick? We're getting close I've, on time, but go for yeah, it. You're the one with the time limit. So five minutes, yeah. go for it. So uh, a, a guy there competing in my group was from New Jersey. Cool. <laughs> and so a lot of these battles, you need 12 rounds. You need, you need more uh. than 10, you need more than 10 <laughs> rounds. And he's like, I'm from New Jersey. We don't have, more than 10 round magazines and he's got a sig p320 x5 legion and i'm like dude that's so sad like you have this thousand dollar gun like this this speed gun and you can only run 10 rounds like what a sad thing <laughs> so yeah so I, he was like what do i do and i was like dude there's so many people running 320s here just go like ask around you know like they'll help you out yeah but another guy was like well why don't you do this do you have an extra you have five magazines he was like yes okay so he had to take one magazine, shoot one round out of that magazine. So he's got 10, one round of that magazine, uh, tactical reload, stow that one magazine. And then there's one round in there, right? So now he's shot one, he's got one round in, and then he puts a full 10 in there. So now he's got, he's got 11, 10 plus one, and then he shot one. So he had to run and I'm like, dude, my mind is already screwed up. I can't imagine doing, I was like, I might've just, well, just take the, the two misses each time, you know, yeah. just like, just take the misses. <laughs> so yeah, that was a funny story. And I, another guy, he was from, from Jersey too, that I met and he said, yeah, well, I still got 15, 17 round magazines. So I, I definitely found a way. About he's got that. buddies. No comment from ben. Yeah. I, 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 no I don't know what he's talking about. I definitely only have 10 <laughs> <laughs> I got friends in low places. I have friends over state borders is what it is. <laughs> cool. Well, but, yeah. well, Mike opened it. So I'll say for the closing too, like, thank you so much for joining. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, man. We're put, we're doing a big push on podcasting and getting into just like regular episodes. So I'm so happy that you're kind of the first person to get in here with us. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for thinking of me and yeah, let's do it again. And yeah. We still have to talk uh, about books and everything. So like, once yeah, man, we, we, I mean, we just scratched the surface. Seriously. You know? And then uh, we will have to work on like, I mean, we all have interest in shooting. So like on, on another visit, I know I'm not going to be here and Mike, you won't be here, but Ben will be, Ben will be in my seat right now and <laughs> next weekend. Uh, yeah. Next weekend. Um, but another time we'll have to work out like a time to either go, go to the range that I go to and I can bring guests or we go to my cabin and, and have some fun. So. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks guys.